0: Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by Peter Christofides at our Kubalup campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Today is the last of the messages on uh, the, the heart of the kings, and we take a look at the heart of King Josiah, and uh, from the passages to Kings 22. I want to have a look at a, a different perspective from this passage, uh, because uh, Josiah is similar to King Hezekiah uh, that we spoke about last week. Very similar concepts. He too did right in the eyes of the Lord, but I want to have a look at it from a different perspective, because it seems that there were some characteristics that are similar to Hezekiah, but also I want to focus on uh, his obedience and also the word of God. 2 Kings, chapter 22. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was Jadida, daughter of Adiah. And she was from Boschath. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent the secretary Shaphan, son of Azalea, the son of Meshulam, to the temple of the Lord. He said, "Go up to Hilka, or Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him get ready the money that was being brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrusted to the men appointed to supervise the work of the temple." And have them, men, pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders, and the masons. Also have them purchase timber and dress stone to repair the temple. But they need not account for the money entrusted to them because they are honest in their dealings. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan and read it. Then Shafan the secretary went to the king and reported to him, Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Then Shafan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. Shafan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest. Ahikam he come, the son of Shaphan, Atbor, the son of all those people there, and the king's (laughs) attendant. And these were the orders, verse 13. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people, for all Judah, about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us, because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. Ilka the priest, Ahikam, Akbar, Shaphan and Isaiah went to speak to the prophet Huldah and was on the wife of Shalem son of, and all those people, and kept uh, the keep of the water. She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. She said to them, What, or oh, this is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says, I'm going to bring disaster on this place and its people, according to everything written in the book the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all the idols their hands have made, my anger will burn against the place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what The Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive, you've humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken against the place and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid waste. And because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors and you'll be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place. So they took her answer back to the king. It's interesting to note that King Hezekiah is very similar to King Josiah that we focus on today. And there are some, some beautiful characteristics, positive characteristics, about Josiah that you and I can learn from. We begin to see, firstly, the obedience of this king. It says in verse 2, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And that word right is the Hebrew word Yasha, which means he did that which was straight. He did that which was pleasing and upright in the sight of the Lord. He wasn't a man to be popular among the people for the sake of popularity. He did what was right in the sight of God. The word sight there is a beautiful Hebrew word. The word ayin, which means he did what was right in the the, the the very source of creation. A yin means fountain. You don't always know where the water comes from in the fountain, but you know but he was able to say, I know where my source is. And he did what was right in the eyes of not the people, but in the source, and that is God. He discovered this amazing book of the law. And he was moved with conviction. He's, he was moved because that he realized that he being a king should have led the people on the right path. But he slowly allowed them to go a little bit wrong. But he pulled them back and said, we need to do right in the sight of God. And God blessed them. You often feel, oh Lord, you know what's going on? The wicked are prospering and us who are faithful to God uh, and faithful to you Lord What's going on We're not doing as well as they are doing But rest assured this morning That God is faithful to those who are faithful And if you're a mother And you're praying for your child He talks about this Remember it said In In verse 1 in fact His mother's name was Jadida Daughter of Adiah I mentioned this last week If you're praying for your child Know that God hears your prayers They're not going out in vain. Remain faithful to doing that. He was moved by conviction. And he brought his people back to the things of God. Because he realized that he'd allowed them to worship other gods. Folk, the worship of other gods is like having covenant with them. And he realized that that was wrong. But he put obedience in action by realizing what is taking place. But then in verse 11 we read. It came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law. That he rent his clothes. He was disappointed. But he put in action. What needs to be put in action. There was obedience. But there also obedience in his mind. Because he was disappointed. And I believe that if there's disappointment or conviction in our own hearts first. And we put that right, then we can begin to spread like a fire to those around us. The spark needs to start in our own hearts though. It started in King Josiah's heart. There was obedience in action, obedience in mind, but also obedience of heart. Because of what he'd experienced in the conviction, it says he tore his clothes. He tore his clothes. The word tore there means he, he cut them out. And those days, it was a sign of, of outward appearance of what was going on in the heart. When you were disappointed, you tore, you, 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 you cut your clothes apart. Not, oh, I need to sew one or two buttons back on. No, you could not use those clothes again. They, because of what was going on in the heart, there was this outward demonstration of the inward conviction in his heart. And friends, where does that come from? The book of the (laughs) law. And if revival is going to take place in our families and in our lives, it begins with a spark in our own hearts. You look at that next diagram there. You see that the heart is changed by faith. Depends what you put your faith in. That's what will determine how you live. You see, the one that you are planted in will determine the fruit that you bear. If you plant it in the things of the world, you'll bear the fruit of the world. But if you plant it in the spiritual matters and abiding by the book of the law, also called the Bible for you and for me today, the word of God will bear the fruit of the spirit. It says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing. I love the King James understanding. It sounds better than the other ones. So then faith cometh. By hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word by, two little letters, but it's the Greek word ek or exit. As you leave this building today, you'll see a sign that says exit. Out. Out. God forbid there's a problem. There's exit signs. And we go out that way. Well, faith comes out of hearing. And hearing by the word of God. There are two words for word in the Greek. The one is logos, which speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ. The other one is rima, and that's the word that's used here. Rima, which means the utterance, the sayings, the message, the command. And so faith comes out of hearing. And where does hearing come from? Well, from the utterance, from the sayings, from the message, from the commands of God. Simple, but so profound. So, as you read this book, hopefully there is obedience. Obedience in action, obedience in mind, and obedience in heart. Well, how does one gain some of those beautiful characteristics? I think, firstly, through hearing God's word. Through hearing God's word. It's the easiest of the, the spiritual disciplines because. It's simply hearing it. And I call it a discipline because there are so many other things that can distract us. And we can be led astray and not even hear the word of God. Many, many distractions. So merely listening to God-inspired words is not the point. The purpose of that is that we take the Bible in and it becomes part of us. Because that will lead to a change of heart, a change of mind. And there will be obedience in action. And what's the purpose of this? Well, godliness. So we can be like Christ. So it's part of us. Just as anybody will grow from physical food, as you can see. (laughs) So we need spiritual food. So our spirits can grow in the things of God. And we become one with him. So the ongoing worship and worship is not what takes place before the pastor preaches. That's beautiful praise. Worship is my lifestyle. And so the ongoing worship of God cannot be separated from the word of God. How do we uh, try and live lives that are pleasing to God but we lack the power it comes from the Word of God, and so hearing, for starters, is important. Secondly, reading God's Word, reading God's Word. Jesus, Jesus often asked the questions, "Have you not read?" Question mark. In other words, Jesus assumed that those claiming to be men and women of God would have read the Word of God. They would have known. What the Word of God said. They didn't have the full Old Testament, perhaps, the way you and I do, and the New Testament. But they would have read. Young men would have memorized the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. They would have known. And so when Jesus interacted with people, he would have they would have known what he was talking about. And so it goes without saying that if you're a man or woman of God, that you read the Word of God. And can I say this and we lack in biblical literacy. We excel in other areas, but we don't know our Bibles too well. That comes by reading and hearing God's Word. So let me give you three simple practical steps. Number one, find the time. Find the time. It takes 20 minutes to read the book of Galatians. Probably 20 minutes for Ephesians, another 20 for Colossians and Philippians as well 20 minutes each and I don't think we do that with all due respect but if we can spend 5 minutes in reading God's word that's 5 minutes more than we might be doing now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God it's easy to make people feel guilty about this topic are you praying enough are you reading your bible enough are you giving enough We can never do enough of that. But if we don't have five minutes to read the word of God, then perhaps we are busier than God intended us to be. And it's not just saying, well, this is where the Lord led me today. (laughs) No, that's where your fingers led you today. But as you can perhaps secondly take a bit of a Bible reading plan, if you want to, Or if you are really struggling to read the Word of God, then perhaps read a psalm a day. There are 150 psalms. Read a psalm a day, and if you've got a bit more time, maybe a proverb a day. There are 31 proverbs. 30 for every day of the month, and every second month, 31. There's even one for the extra day of the month. So to read the Word of God, to take it in, And it's not only just reading it, but it's taking it in. Thirdly, hold on to one word or one phrase and ask God as you interact with his word to give you a word or a phrase that you can hold on to. And folk, I I try and memorize that one word, whatever God said to me. And then by 12 o'clock, I try and share it with somebody. And I struggle sometimes. What was it about today? was it about today? So I'm often writing that word on my hand so I can look at it all the time and to remind me to share it with somebody by 12 o'clock in that day. What you share, you keep. What you keep, you lose. Can I say that again? What you share, you keep. But what you keep for yourself, you lose. Even if I share that one word, it becomes part of me, the discipline. Perhaps a phrase or even a verse and you begin to meditate on it. It's a discipline. I've been doing it for 30 years this year and I still struggle with it. There's always other distractions. I've discovered Sudoku late in my life. The easy one. So there's always that distraction and that's why I say it's a discipline to take the word of God in the book of the law thirdly studying God's word studying God's word a good way to begin is to perhaps outline a chapter one paragraph at a time and go through it perhaps do a word study or character study on somebody anybody who has read this book and says it's boring has not read it there are amazing narratives and beautiful stories in here Folks, we're going to grow in the things of God. We need to read it and take it in. Yes, and sometimes it tastes like dry wheat bix. But the more you take it in, the sweeter it gets, and it's good for us. Wheat bix is not the most tastiest thing on its own, being dry. But you know what? As you take it in, and you know, there's some differences, and, and you can add a bit of honey and milk and whatever it is. It's good for you. It's good for you. So perhaps a psalm, start off with a psalm, a character study or or some topic or book study and never let a feeling of inadequacy keep you from the delight of learning the beautiful treasures in your own life. If you were to go for or had to make a choice between two jobs, you wouldn't take out a coin and flip it and say, heads I'm going to this one, tails I'm going to this one. You flip it oh it's this one. It's not really the one I wanted. I want this one. Lord, get it right second time. And you flip it. No. You look. You open this book. You might have read a certain chapter many, many times. And God reveals Himself to you. As you seek Him, you will find Him. This is the worst illustration I'm about to give you, but let me give it anyway. We never grew up on Where's Wally books. But when we got to Darwin, and Michael was a little guy, we went to the library and got Where's Wally books, and his mom and dad enjoyed it way more than he did. But if you look hard enough, you'll find where Wally is. If you look hard enough, you'll find where Jesus is. Get my point? If you're looking for an answer. God will never, never disappoint us. Last week we said that which father whose child asks him for bread will give him a stone? That's not my God. A father will not be so hard and callous to give a hungry child a stone instead of bread. He'll give him all his food, never mind just his bread. And that's. The God that you and I serve. Because we've misunderstood who God is. Read this book and you'll see the most loving God. The most loving God. That doesn't mean he doesn't discipline us. He loves us so much that it's part of the growing process to say, Hey, mate, you're going to lose your teeth if you carry on that way. You need to come this way or that way because you're missing it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. Give it a go. Give it a go. It will never disappoint you. It's the word of God. Finally, in closing, memorizing God's word. I know this is hard. I know this is hard. But as you slowly memorize a couple of words, They empower you for life. It gives you that spiritual power to be able to live a life pleasing to God. It strengthens your faith and my faith to be able to do what God has called us to do. And then when we might find ourselves in a situation where we can witness for God. We know what his word says because it's become part of us. We're able to offer a bit of counsel, but bit of, not knowledge, because that you can get off the internet, but of wisdom that comes from the word of God. It changed King, Hezekiah, King Josiah. I pray it changes us. It's a means of God's guidance. Not the horoscope. Not how to improve your way Uh, and pop psychology. No, this book, it's the power of God. It stimulates uh, meditation where we're able to come and, and focus and meditate on what he has called us to meditate on. And we can review it every day of our lives. God, what are you saying to me? Where do you want me to go? Not for the purpose of success, For the purpose of godliness. And that last slide there, despite the difficulty and the spiritual opposition, because every time you want to read this book and spend some time with God, even if it's five minutes, there is always something else that will come in your pathway. Always. Oops. I better go and do that first. And before you know it, there's no time. Friends, if we don't have five minutes for the word of God and reading it, and we are busier than God intended us to be. So, despite the difficulty and the opposition, we need to be willing at all costs to begin using our minds in, all, in a disciplined way to feed on the Word of God for the purpose of godliness. It's not just another storybook. It's the Word of God. Perhaps we've allowed other things to creep in We need to realize what we need to do. The Holy Spirit will guide us in putting some things down. You've heard me tell the story of two monks who were walking along a road. There was a senior monk who was mentoring a junior monk. And as they went to go and cross this river, they saw a lady trying to cross. And each time she tried to cross, the current would take her and bring her back to the side. And she wasn't able to cross. So she walked a bit further up, tried again. And it happened a few times. Eventually the senior monk picked her up and he carried her. And he put her down on the other side and they carried on walking. After four hours, the junior monk said, Stop, sir, please. You know that in our faith we're not allowed to touch another woman. Why did you pick her up and carry her across the river? And the senior monk said, I put her down four hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? Get the point? There are many things that we are carrying that we need to lay down. I suggest lay them down at the foot of the cross and start getting power from the Word of God by His Holy Spirit so we can live lives the purpose of godliness. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that we need your strength, we need your power to be able to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we want to acknowledge that we can never do it in our own strength, in our own power, but only by your Holy Spirit. Lord, convict us. We might be able to open your word and gain life from your word. Help us to do this, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on nine three two nine one seven seven seven. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.